Welcome to the Course Creators Academy podcast with digital design and course creation expert, Pua Lena. Tune in for strategies on how you can use online courses to grow your business. You'll hear how impact-driven entrepreneurs are using online courses to transform lives. Now, let's get started. Here's your host, Pua Lena. so much for being here, Bree. I'm so, so, so thrilled to chat with you today. Thanks for Hi. having me, Pua. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, you know, just to start us off, I would love for you to share what it is that you do and what inspired you to create this business and, and what excites you about it. Yeah, wow. Well, I'll start with the backstory because uh, that will maybe lead up to what I'm doing now. Um, so how far back do I go? (laughs) Um, so when I was, uh, 16, my family moved to Qatar in the middle East. I think I've mentioned that to you before. Um, and that really, um, I had grown up prior to that on a farm in Pennsylvania. We had horses, deep Amish country. My grandpa was actually Amish. So there's been a lot of um, tech forward improvements in our family over two generations. (laughs) Um, But it was quite a different world to step into and to be able to travel and see, experience different cultures and learn new languages. And um, so that was when I kind of got this international bug. Um, came back to the U.S. for college, and after that, realized that I really wanted to work in a space that was using business for good, and I was a political science and developmental economics major, and so I was really curious about how business could have an impact specifically in in the developing world on um, creating a positive impact and opportunity for people to have employment and create sustainable income for themselves. So, I'd worked with microfinance organizations, was kind of um, exploring that route, but landed at a new startup social enterprise called Seiko that was, um, had employed, had a, a workshop set up in Uganda where they employed women to craft sandals and accessories and handbags and apparel. So um, I came into this company super early on uh, I got to work with the, the co-founders who are phenomenal, Liz and Ben Bohannon. They're still good friends of mine. And I worked with them for seven years, building a community of primarily women in the U.S. who share the product and or share the story of, of the product that's behind it and sell the product in their communities. So um, I was kind of tasked. I like to joke that they needed someone who was young, dumb, and broke enough. And I was all three of those things. <laughs> Uh, and I really just, it was like a super scrappy community, but it was, it was a community that was based behind a mission and a story, but there was also like a strong sales component. So through that, I really built a strong foundation around everything from sales and marketing to community development and growth and habit formation. And how do you, how do you motivate people to take the actions that are going to build their business and blah, 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 like (laughs) the downstream effect ton, like Everything from, I mean, planning super fun uh, incentive trips to Uganda where we got to meet our coworkers and got to 
um, like make our own sandals to planning like national summits where hundreds of people would show up and like learn how to keep building their businesses and be in community together. So it was awesome. Um, and I was really tired. <laughs> I was really tired after six and a half years. So, um, I left Seiko without knowing my exact next direction and had some amazing mentors who poured into me during that time and helped me to discover that I am a generalist. Um, and a lot of people think generalist is kind of like a dirty word. They're like, Oh, but, but you're so good at like, (laughs) no, I know I, I am, I have a niche, but I, um, in order for me to thrive within a given day, I need to hit about six different skill sets. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it. So um, once I kind of piece that together and I started um, my whole goal after I quit my job was, oh, and by the way, I quit my job in February of 2020. So <laughs> wow, good timing. <laughs> Literally the last thing I did with Seiko was um, a trip to Uganda. I was, and I did like a two week trip through Europe. I came back and everything shut down. And I was like, and I have no job. (laughs) So it was, it was fascinating time, fascinating time to be, to have just left your job. (laughs) But, um, through that I realized, uh, and as I, my goal was just to start talking to people to have, I was going to have a hundred coffees in 90 days because I wanted to do exploration around what I could find, um, for my next thing. And as I started to do that, I realized I'd started to pitch people on this concept of what I had built at Seiko. And mm-hmm. so I was talking with a lot of really engaging and purposeful brands. Cause I, that's just kind of like woven in, I think now, and especially there's enough brands and communities and consumers care about the ethics and the sustainability behind products that that was who I was ending up talking to. And in the conversations I would ask, well, so you have this phenomenal product and an amazing story to go with it. Like when customers ask you, how are they, how do they get more involved with your organization? What do you say? And usually the best, if they have any response, it's like, well, we like give them a, a referral link or like we throw an affiliate link at them. <laughs> and um, my proposition to them is, Hey, there's so much more that you could be doing to foster community and connecting these top consumers to each other, creating more value and this really strong web um, of support, not just for your company, but for each consumer to each other. So Mm. that's how it got started. And then those same concepts can be applied to courses. They can be applied to nonprofits. They can be, so I've worked with like everything from SaaS products to like product products to, <laughs> uh, to courses and more like, um, services as well. But essentially what I do now is craft engaging communities for organizations. Oh my gosh. That is, you have one of the most exciting backstories <laughs> and just so, I mean, I, I think the timing of all of this it's, it was the universe saying like, breathe, this is, this is where you are supposed to be. This is what you are so like innately passionate about and good at and drawn to. And like, isn't community such a huge deal when we're all isolated and quarantining and having that option to really build community in a time where we were very much alone and we were relying a lot on 
like connecting with people online Mm -hmm. to fuel that like human to human part of us that wasn't being nurtured for the last two years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's now. And I mean, you'll hear community thrown around. It's, it's such a buzzword right now. So it's like, I have yet to come, but I have yet to come up with another better term for it because it is, it is what we're building and it is a people, people are yearning and longing for that connection and that deeper sense of belonging. And while I think that a brand or an organization or um, a course is not going to, it's not going to fill, be everything that someone needs. I do think that community helps um, create a sense of belonging. And especially if what you're after is enhancing someone's knowledge or giving them new skills. And especially if that knowledge needs to be turned into action, that's where I've seen community be really powerful. Um, That's amazing. I, I just love so much also the sort of deeper layer of all of this too. Like I always think about the evolution of business and entrepreneurs. And, you know, 20 years ago, if you had an idea you probably, you know, had a product in mind, you took it, you like created a, um, what is it called? A prototype. And then you looked at, I don't know, advertising on your local TV station or reaching out to the news or the newspaper or like midweek is that newspaper here that get go, everybody gets for free. And, um, very sort of, you're just on the ground doing all of that groundwork to expose yourself and your idea and your business and your solution to people. And it, I, I'm so grateful that we are in this space now where it's, you know, promotion and marketing are largely free on social media and word of mouth travels really quickly. People can share links instantly, but there's so much noise. And I think consumers are really, they're, they're very sensitive now to authenticity and intent Mm -hmm. and something, the thing about community and what I love about community in your sense and, and the way that you teach it is traditionally, we wouldn't think a physical product would need a community, right? It's more for like coaching or fitness or, um, but I am now seeing more and more brands with physical products utilizing community to like serve on a greater level to share like their authenticity and their intent and their expertise with their, their tribe. And one of the coolest examples I've ever seen of this is, so I have invested in these lash extensions called Lashify and the owner, it's a huge company and she's battled, she battles like, like lawsuits and craziness. And she's like she is the leading sort of at home DIY lash extension company, but she goes live in that group all the time. And she talks to people. She's like, Hey, Pua, nice to see you. Like if you're commenting, hi, Sahara, how are you? And she'll, she'll say your name. She's like a celebrity, right? Because everybody's like buying her products. And that's what a business owner is to their tribe. It's like, they are their hero. If they're solving a problem that, that people are really struggling with. And I love that because I, I feel like that connection, even though it's not in person, you're not meeting them in real life, 
but you are seeing them as real people and real humans. And you can really feel their intent and their authenticity if, if it's there. Right. So I just love, love, love what you do. I, I totally agree. And if you, if you think about it, when I partner with brands, how I help them frame it is if you're the guide in this experience, if your customer is the hero in this story that you're telling, and you are the guide on this experience, I'm talking like Donald Miller language here. um, Then what a community does is it replicates the role of the guide and it makes it a more personal experience. So, (laughs) whoa. So it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. And what's amazing is that what community does is it builds on those foundational building blocks you were referring to of like word of mouth and trust in a community. So trust right now on social media, um, 4% of the population trusts influencers, right? It's just like, there's just a, um, a glamour and a, a sheen almost that you, you kind of like by nature, feel a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I, whenever I partner with brands, I tell them we're not going after, we're not going after influencers. We're going after the at quote average Joe average Jane in their community, because the levels of yes, their networks are smaller, but the levels of trust with them and the people around them are much greater and much higher. And that's the foundational like building stone of what we do is it's all built on trust. And so your brand has to have established trust and then you have to help also train your community how to grow that trust in their community. So, you know, if you're tuning into her lives, her live events, I'm sure that like over time, a lot of that content has like built trust and respect for what she does and her craft. And so there's, there's lots of mechanics and ways to do that, but to have a starting point that is um, built more on relationship than it is on, um, platform or exposure or like a high following is just it it's a it's a much uh, easier place for me to start I would not want to be in the influencer realm it's totally very scary, scary place to me <laughs> oh my gosh and I think you're right like we are so we're we we've realize and understand the filtered world and we know that that's not real life and it's such a it's such a crazy, crazy time to like have a business and to be on social media. Like social media wasn't a thing a few years ago. And all of a sudden it's this world where people are making, like influencers are still making a ton of money showcasing products. And I even think in that way, there's an authentic and and very um, real way to do it, but there is so much fakeness in that world as well. So I totally agree with you. I, I just read a book it's right here. Oh yeah. Have you read this book? Oh, I haven't. Believe it by Jamie Kern Lima. So she, um, founded it cosmetics and her story is centered around like it cosmetics was designed for real women who have like skin issues. They're not perfect. Right. And so she, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, basically when she finally was said yes to, by she got all these no's, right? Like here are my products, here's some samples. Do you want to sell them at your store? And everybody sort of said, no, you're too small. We did, you know, sorry. Um, and then someone gave her a chance. I'm just going to say it. Cause 
I think if you Google it, it'll, it'll, it'll come up. So she, she caught her break on QVC and the decision she made in that on the first day that she went up there was to show up and have no makeup on with all her flaws and actually like try the products on herself on live TV. And everybody was like, don't do that. You need to have beautiful models who are very put together. They already have their face done and just talk about what they used. And she killed it. Totally crushed it. Um, fabulous book. I highly recommend it. Um, and she talks about people who tried to mimic her and like basically steal her products and her formulas and, and copy her business. And it didn't work. They weren't successful because it wasn't authentic. Um, and just, I, yeah. So I really, really love that community also allows the real people who have actually benefited from the product or the service in there as like, they are ambassadors and they are sort of sharing and answering questions on behalf of you as the founder or the CEO or you know, the, the guide. Right. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, no. And it, it takes, I think that speaks to like one of the connections that I made as you were talking was, um, to be a good leader in a community does require high amounts of vulnerability. Um, and it's, it's messy. <laughs> community is messy. Give it enough time. If, um, and, and it's just part of, it's part of what you sign up for when you do a community is like, it's not, it's not the easy route. It's not the quick win. And what I, how I liken it, it's why I chose the name Ember for my business because I liken community building to building a fire, right? It, there's no shortcuts to building a fire. If you try to, if you ever tried to rush the process of building a fire, you know how that goes. Um, but once you have the right embers in place or these like foundational community members, it's going to burn bright when you do mm. it right. So. I love that. And I think that's kind of a big thing for us to talk about because a lot of people, and I've been here too, where I'm like, Oh, I see other people like thriving because they have a great community. So I want a community too. You know, it's that thing of like the grass is way greener over there. Give me some of that. And I I've had a client who had, she has the most incredible loyal following in her community. She uses a Facebook group yeah, and she, I mean, I think she's been nurturing this thing for years, but these people will follow her to the ends of the earth. They love her. <laughs> and she's very generous with her information. She's generous with her time. She puts a lot of energy into this group. Yeah. And she created a course or a membership. She launched it and she had like the craziest, hugest launch I have ever seen from somebody who was just sort of putting something together and just was looking for a beta launch. Yep. Yeah. And I think people see that. So like her goal was 300 people, I think. And she ended up with 1700 oh, wow. from her group. That's amazing. I, it was, it was phenomenal. And it was like, it wasn't without challenge and work and with a, a launch that big, uh -huh. it did come with like a lot of troubleshooting. <laughs> um, but I think people hear stories like that and they see communities thriving and they're like, oh, cool. Well, I'm coming out with a product. So I'm going to have a community so that I can have a good launch. Mm. And I'm so grateful that you said that it's, 
it's not a quick fix. It's a sort of like a long game. Yeah, um, game. <laughs> so if somebody is sort of thinking about this and willing to put in the work and sort of wanting to nurture a community, what are some tips that you have for somebody who might just be creating one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, before you consider diving into community, I would make sure that you're really crystal clear on who your customer is, regardless of what your product is, um, and that it's really specific. I think the times um, where I've partnered with a brand to build a community and it hasn't launched well, it we can almost always tie it back to we either made false assumptions about our customer um, or we just didn't even have any assumptions about who the customer was. <laughs> we were just like stabbing in the dark. And if you're gonna, um, obviously you have to start somewhere. So, but where I would recommend starting is like a, a focus group of your customers. Um, it's always where I start before I launch a community is I, I host a focus group from their top customers to understand who they are and what they want and what they would even want to gain from a space like this. Um, and even hosting multiple focus groups. So I would, I would do that consistently until you have, um, until you have enough data to say like, okay, and you know, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe you do a focus group, but you just don't quite have enough customers that building a community would be worth the time and effort, um, that it could be in a year. If you really poured your time and energy into acquiring more customers, mm. um, which it's kind of like the chicken or the egg because then your community helps you get more customers, <laughs> but right. you sort of need a, a certain threshold. Um, and I, the threshold that I look for, but when, cause I come in and do like very serious, big community builds. And so that threshold for me is at least 5,000 customers. Um, that's when we'll start the conversation about what could a community look mm -hmm. like, um, simply for the very like data driven, like if it's smaller than that, they're probably not going to see the lift and the, like, um, the growth that they can justify hiring me. <laughs> right. So that's kind of the lift that I've found personally, but I would say start with a focus group, understand who your customer is, and then, um, really be thoughtful about where you want to host your community and what you're after, because a lot of people, they want community because, and they want their community to look like an Instagram feed. They, they want chatter and like chatter is my app. Chatter is like my arch nemesis. Of <laughs> like I conversation is what you're after, but chatter is not what you're after. And so what's the um, difference? To me, chatter is like it, it, you know, when you log into Instagram and you see like, oh, this post has like a hundred comments, like that must be like, that must be like such an amazing community of people who all are all like super engaged. And I would, I would argue that's not always, it can be, but it's not always thoughtful conversation that's happening. It's chatter. It's like, yes, it's like very, it's a very polarized type of language that is like, I agree with this or I don't agree with this. That's mm. chatter. Conversation is extrapolating on the ideas that have been, that have been put forth. So, and it's more of an invitation for people to, to engage with the content in a more thoughtful way than a simple like, like, or dislike. Um, does that make sense? This is huge. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. So what are your recommendations for 
encouraging conversation rather than chatter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the reasons that I do, um, recommend when I partner with an organization that we build their community in a community platform, um, where, um, versus a Facebook group I have, I managed a Facebook group for six and a half years, so they can work, but it is like, it's a lot of chatter, um, which can be, it can be fun. It can be, it's not all bad, but it's just, there's so much chatter and there's so it, it that it's like, it's kind of overwhelming for me. <laughs> so, right. and I think it's such a distracting place. It is. So the majority, the reason that people usually say let's build on Facebook is they think people are already there. So let's just snag their attention, but mm-hmm. their attention gets snagged away just as quickly and a lot of times they are operating on a false assumption that their customer is in Facebook. And so they'll launch in Facebook, but then they actually have to pivot who their customer is to meet this, to match this new profile. But like, if you're, if your target customer is a 40 to 60, 60 year old woman, like do it, <laughs> go for Facebook. If she's there, go for it. But if she's not there, or if he's not there, they are not there then consider maybe in a different platform and especially a lot of them are like kind of blowing up right now. So that's one way. Um, I think thoughtful content is another way. Like when you really understand your customer and what they're after and the questions that they're asking and the problems that they have, that propels you forward to ask better questions. And you're not, you're not just providing answers. I think that's like the biggest content element is you, you are providing a pathway and a plan, but you're asking more questions than you are just saying like, this is the way to do it, or this is how to talk about something. It's more, um, fostering that knowledge and that learning within your community using good questions. Oh my gosh, this is gold. (laughs) I just like the, the, the whole community thing, I think either is underutilized or misunderstood. Mm-hmm. by, you know, I, a lot of our clients. So I build a lot of on Kajabi that has its own community platform. Mm-hmm. And what I find is those who are successful with that platform are, they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're training their people to go there. And it, and it sort of, do, do you think it sort of requires a little bit of training and sort of, um, like normalizing the, the habits of going to a, a, like a space Mm -hmm. that is intentionally created for what you're interested in versus a space that's actually like intentionally created to pull you away from everything except for whatever people are paying for to put in front of your face. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, you, I mean, by design, you kind of have to say like, is this like a valuable enough thing that it's like worth someone like devoting attention exclusively to our platform? So it's not, if you're just, if you're just trying to snag attention or just trying to like, honestly, if you have a cheap product, don't do it because <laughs> it's not a big enough thing that people are going to want to like contribute their time and attention to then like the social media sphere is probably a better fit. But if it's like, no, we have like a cohesive vision around the value that we want to provide people. And like when they show up and honor us with their attention, we feel really confident in the value that they're going to receive. And that builds over time, but it starts with a lot of work around the content that you're providing. 
Totally. Yeah. I love that. And I, it really shifts, at least for me, it shifts my perspective on not wanting to just be on Facebook because I'm, I'm relying on the chance that people are, are just going to see it because they're already there. Because even if they are seeing it, they're seeing it in a very passive way. Yeah. Right. And that will sort of foster chatter rather than conversation. Exactly. And that's, um, that's the thing is like, if you're hoping, if you're trying to create conversation in your content. So if you're doing that well, and I do know some groups are doing that well, like people only go to Facebook for that group, right? Like that's what you want. But in that same breath, the second that they've finally, you've, you've reached it, you've reached the goal. They are going to Facebook in order to go to your group, but the chances of their attention getting snagged to somewhere else are so high at that point. So it's like, it's this like everlasting conundrum of like, <laughs> if that's what you're after, the, at the point that you finally reach it, you like don't get their attention because it's being snagged somewhere else. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. And so is this, cause I, so coming from the girl who just started a Facebook group. It's <laughs> okay. But I it's have all good. <laughs> I a Facebook group too. It's not useless. I will say that. <laughs> it is free, right? Like I think the other thing is a lot of times, especially newer entrepreneurs or people who are just trying to implement the advice that they're learning elsewhere. Um, it's an option, right. And it's free and it's a place where people are. Um, and so if, right, like there's, I'm sure, as you said, like there's a way to do it. Right. Um, and my question is if, if we are looking at a, so let's say there's a paid program or a product where people who just customers of the product are invited to be in this space that is curated, it's intentional, it's thoughtful, it's moderated. And in order to sort of bring people to that space, we do want to be part of the noise essentially, right? And saying like, hey, we're over here too, look at us. Um, is, is there value in creating like a an open space for people to come and learn about your product and, and be a part of a community around a specific topic? in let's say a Facebook group, then when they are a client or a customer of yours moving into a different space, or does that, what are your thoughts around that? Did I even explain that? Well, I feel like that was confusing. (laughs) Oh, maybe I can try to reflect it back. So the question is, um, is there value before you like launch a full community for like a dedicated, in a dedicated space for them? Is there value in like starting a community that's based around more of like a topic or just like a, a piece of what you're doing? Is that fair? Yeah. Like basically it's like the free Facebook group for people who you just invite them in if they're interested in your industry and then the paid group for people who are just clients. Um, I know a lot of people that do that. Yes. Yep. No, definitely. And it, it's all, it all, um, sort of speaks to that funnel, right? Of like, there's an initial like level of relationship where people are in, it is your, is your community purpose to gain exposure and new members, or is it more of like an internal, um, you're trying to foster that depth within the community itself. It's tough because I, 
So the, the real, the only difference that I see between these two is that there is some sort of like some level of commitment that they make mm. sort of like initiation, whether they buy your course, they've bought a product, they've like become a top customer by X, Y, and Z standards. Um, and that initiation, I, I do understand creating a community to like, to again, snag more people, generate more awareness. What I've always been interested in is that top group of, of customers, the ones who are willing to go through the initiation ritual, they're willing to buy the product, they're willing to, and the reason is, and this is like a fundamental concept that I always come back to, 80% of your revenue is being generated by 20% of your customers. It's the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle is what they call it. And it's this phenomena that happens all throughout life. So even down to like plant life, like 80% of plants come from 20% of the seeds that are dropped into the soil. Wow. And if you look at your data, it will generally reflect this, these same buckets. So my thought is instead of focusing, when you're focusing on the bigger group, that's less engaged, but you're hoping to snag more people that's focusing on the 80% versus my philosophy is like 80% of my energy should be going to this top 20% of people. Um, so it, neither are bad. <laughs> I'm just always, I'm always trying to cut out, like not cut out, but like recognize, like if I focus 80% of my energy on this 20% who is generating 80% of what I'm doing, that is going to be in the long term way more beneficial to the growth of my business than trying to please everyone, trying to snag everyone, trying to appeal to this, trying to move everyone who's in this 80%, like one degree farther, like focus your energy on the top. Oh my gosh, this is huge. <laughs> I hope that people listening to this are saying, okay, yes, I hear you. I agree. It's not wrong to have these two spaces, but really like, I think you're so right. And just, and it comes down to, so I used to work for Yelp. I was an intern for a year and people would come up to me at these, like we would table at different events in the community. Um, and business owners would come up to me all the time, a little 20 something year old intern and say, <laughs> I hate Yelp. I hate it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're at me. <laughs> like, I didn't invent it. I promise. <laughs> and like, I, I had a great mentor um, and she, she trained me really well on how to respond to this, but basically Yelp comes down to, I mean, that's Yelp is like the 80, 20 rule mm. inside the 80, 20 rule inside the 80, 20 rule. <laughs> it's like 20% of 80% of people will never write a Yelp review, but they use the app. 80% yes. of people who visit your business, if you have great customer service, if you are good at what you do, provide a great, great product or service or whatever it is, like there's always going to be that little percentage of people that are having a bad day, you know? Yep. Yep. No, but that's exactly it. So like, okay, of the 100% of people who use Yelp, 20% are going to create a like rating. And then of that 20% who create a rating, 20% of them are going to create 10 ratings and of the 20% who create, yes. And that, that yes. is how it's and that's, it's how you like slowly chip away at like really guarding your time and your priorities. And it's not that the other 80% isn't important, but it is when you pour into that 20%, it's going to foster the rest as well. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I went off on a crazy tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> 
they connected. Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, yeah, you, you've had so many huge takeaways from today. And I am curious before we wrap up, what are some of the other platforms that you recommend aside from Facebook? Yeah, I, um, so there's like three kind of main community platforms right now in this space, um, circle, uh, heartbeat and Geneva. Um, people also will use like discord. Um, I think, and they'll also use Slack. So five options. <laughs> um, I, I've used circle for like several of my community builds and it's been my favorite so far. Um, and part of that is, um, part of that is the simplicity of the platform. It's really simple and like easy to use, easy for your users to use. And when you're asking them to adopt a whole new technology, which that's like a pretty grandiose statement, but like when they're just used to only going to Facebook, like you are asking them to adapt to a whole new technology. That has been really helpful. And they just got a large round of funding. So they have like a bunch of new features coming out and I've really been impressed with them. Um, Heartbeat is a really interesting kind of newer one on the market that integrates more um, live video. So you can like hop in a chat room and like do live video, or you can see on each person's profile, like where in the community they are. And you can, it's a lot more like um, live and engaging and interactive if you um, like that mechanic. And then Geneva seems more, more like chat room style. It's, it's probably more similar to like Slack and discord. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's like, there's no wrong way to do it, but there are very not thoughtful ways to do it. (laughs) Um, I would just say, uh, kind of doing some research and, and experimenting with, with the spaces, almost all of them have like a free trial where you can go in and, and check it out. But I've, I've really enjoyed, um, building communities and circles specifically. Awesome. Yeah. That's probably the one that I hear about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, again, this is a world to me that is fairly new, um, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you today and learn all of this from you. And I, I feel like we're definitely going to have a, a part two because <laughs> I feel like there's just so much more that we can dive into. Um, but for someone who's listening, who, you know, we have a lot of course creators, obviously, who are listening to this. And a lot of the audience is most likely in the beginning stages of creating a course, maybe still just thinking about what this looks like, um, potentially even, you know, sitting at their job thinking, this is my vision for my future. What are, what are some first steps that I can take to making sure that I'm creating a, an environment that nurtures the communities that I hope to have, um, So what would you say to somebody who may just be thinking about either their business or the community aspect of their business and, you know, potentially they don't have their 5,000 customers yet for a focus group, but they do want to take some steps to get started. Yeah, it's, it's funny. The first thing that came to my mind is it's very full circle moment to the start (laughs) of this episode, but Truly one of the, the challenge that I gave myself when I started my business was I'm going to have a hundred coffee dates in 90 days. And I think that if you commit to that, like whether that is your customers or people who could be your potential customer, 30 minute coffee, it can be virtual. But if you challenge yourself to 100 of those in 90 days, I promise you are going to learn so much about your customer 
like that, that challenge, I kind of revisited it. Like, uh, I've revisited it multiple times because I just gain so much value from connecting with others. And especially when that's in the context of you're searching for your top customer, they will emerge through that exercise. So it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And it will get, it will give you what you need in order to move forward. Oh my gosh. I love that. Is that a challenge that you run with your clients? Oh, that's a great question. Um, no, cause we tend to do the focus group. i because they're like big enough, but I do right. get to speak with their customers through the focus group, which is awesome, but I should work that into the metric. It's actually, it's an exercise that came out of a book called designing your life, um, that I used when I was in that transition time, but phenomenal book. If anybody's looking for like ways to kind of guide their career path and experience. Awesome. Oh my gosh. That's I'm thinking about like the logistics of that. So you're definitely having multiple coffee dates in a day. Yeah. Yep. But it's like, it's 30 minutes, you know? So it's like, and for me, I started it in the pandemic. So it was all virtual. I think I people that were in person and I would always ask at the end of each coffee. So for me, I would ask, like, I love talking with you as I share my vision for what I'm after. Is there anyone who comes to mind who I should talk with? Mm. And that really begets more coffee dates, first of all, but it helps connect you like through the chain of customers. So if you're thinking about that from your customer perspective, it's like, man, like you have such interesting insights into what we're building, what we're creating. Is there anyone else as you hear me talk who you think would really benefit from speaking with me or who I would benefit from speaking with? Oh my gosh. That's so, I love that so much. And it, to me, it, it, I'm really into challenges that sort of, um, feel like they push your limits a little bit. And that sounds it's, I'm going to say the word overwhelming, but I'm going to meet it in a positive way, (laughs) you know, like, um, the, like, you know, how can you run a hundred miles in a month? Well, you chip away at it, right? You don't run them all in the same day. Um, So that sounds really, it actually sounds really fun. And it sounds very approachable if we um, use Zoom and not, you know, needing to do all that drive time and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no, it actually, it actually was, it's doable. It's doable. It it takes intentionality, but um, you just kind of get into your year. I had like on Mondays, I would send out new emails to everybody on Wednesdays. I would follow up with everybody and be like, Hey, did you get my email? I love chat. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, you just kind of get into your flow. And then before you know it, you've hit it. And then you reward yourself. Like we talked about, (laughs) you go for a spa day. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure it's, it almost sounds like, you know, the, the new age door to door, um, but you're not selling, right. You're just connecting with people and, and having a conversation, which I think is so awesome. Yeah. And I always have questions written beforehand of like just a, an outline and a, a sort of guided template and you never know where the conversation's going to go, but to, yeah, to, if you treat it as an exploration and discovery, discovery journey, <laughs> you will, you will find out a lot about your customer. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. This has been so amazing. I am definitely going to hit you up for a round two. Um, if you're, if you're up for it, but I had so much fun getting to talk shop. (laughs) Yay. I know. I, I think this is such a, a crucial component to just being a business owner in general. It doesn't matter if you're online, brick and mortar, 
physical product, digital product, service-based. It's, it's such a, yeah, I think right now people are investing in, in the people behind the business and the way that whatever product or service you offer can enhance their lives in a really holistic way. And community is such a beautiful way to provide that. Um, so thank you for doing what you do. I am so grateful to be connected with you and to have you in our communities. And, um, is there any sort of last, uh, final thoughts or anything that you have for our audience before we hop off? Gosh, um, now that question always like puts me on the spot too. (laughs) You're good. Yeah, no, I think, I think we covered it. We covered a lot of ground today. So I know like specific nugget is coming to me, um, other than, um, continue to feed yourself, you know, like I, I intake a lot of content. I'm a part of a lot of different communities. So I would say if you're thinking about creating a community, see which ones you can join that maybe overlap in your space and kind of give you food for thought. Um, I love the book steal like an artist. It's about how like nothing, nothing is original. (laughs) Everyone is, has just repackaged, um, and in our, in an artistic and creative way, what has gone before them. So make sure that you have a lot of good content that has gone before you, that you can then very creatively and thoughtfully repackage for your own purposes. So, yeah, that's awesome. And where can people meet you and find out more about you and, and get involved with what you're doing. Yeah. So the best place is our newsletter. So emberconsulting.co is where is my website. That's ember, E-M-B-E-R consulting.co. And we have a newsletter there. It's monthly right now. I'm really excited to start to amp that up a little bit more, but it's everything from thoughtful musings to like kind of DIY community elements if you're trying to build your own. So that's a great place to stay in touch. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Definitely get connected with Bree. She is, I mean, you guys know now, she is just a phenomenal human, amazing at what she does and just so down to earth. I'm so grateful. Thank you for taking the time today. Thanks, Pua. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Course Creators Academy podcast. Join the conversation in the Course Creators Clubhouse on Facebook. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share the love with a five-star review. And tag us on Instagram at puolena.co for a shout out on the next episode. And be sure to visit puolena.com for more info. Thanks again for listening.